When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, you damn right. Hope you're having a good Thursday. We got a lot to get to. There's basketball. There's football. We're a little bit closer to the season. Countdown update, 58 days till that first big Saturday on September the 2nd. 63 days till the NFL cranks up on a Thursday night, and we are 66 days away from the first NFL Sunday. And at this moment, Neither of us have tried to eat 10 donuts in five minutes. It's Chad and Zay on a Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is the one and only Isaiah Collier recovering from his honeymoon and the Cancun alcohol. What's up, Zay? Feeling a lot better today, Chad. Probably feeling a lot better than Cameron Parker right now. Cam, <laughs> keep your head up, baby. You all right, dog. So we're going to get to Cam. First off, when you come back from a trip like you did, you really do hear the words of all the great coaches in your life, I'm sure, including the great C.C. Collier, your dad. That water stuff works. Oh, it yeah. It really does. Oh, yeah. You forget it on vacations, you forget it on honeymoons, and you certainly forget it when you're in Cancun. But once you get back and you start getting back into the, the fluids, you realize how important it is. Yeah, your boy's throwing a little bit of lemon in there, too, to help uh-huh. the kidneys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm, kidneys. I'm getting serious with it. You got to get back right now. Damn. I'm back in the ATX, like you just said a lot going on now it's on and popping by the way follow me on threads what Zay Collier Isaiah Jordan Collier follow me on threads the new Twitter threads threads there's a new Twitter oh monkey ain't put you on game no I have not been told about threads yeah okay it's it's, uh the Instagram rival Zuckerberg I guess the creator of Facebook and Instagram okay He's bringing it to the table and competing with Elon and them boys. So it's a rival of Twitter. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. Same. It's, it's the same idea, basically, as Twitter? Yes. Okay. So picture Twitter like a Michael Jordan and Threads is Kobe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, uh, before we get started, let's give a shout out to our man Cameron Parker on Light the Tower. He tried the 10 donuts in five minutes. He was Jeff was going to let him get away with 10 in 10 minutes, but then he texted me, hey, Chad, when you did it, was it 10 and 5 or 10 and 10? And I had to be honest, and I said it was 5. 10 and, 10 and 10 is a different discussion, but 10 and 5 was difficult. Back in, I can specifically remember Tom McKay of Audiovisual Consultation saying he did not think I could do it. He ended up being right in terms of the on-air product. Cam, I guess, kind of fell victim to what I did. Man, once you get in that moment, you do have – if you need a little respect for the Joey Chestnuts of the world, 
I'm not saying competitive eating needs to be thought of like we think of football or basketball or whatever. Yeah, y'all comparing Joey Chestnut to Tom Brady and Michael Jordan right. is wild. Y'all need to relax. Like, that is silly, but it does take a certain amount of skill to do something like that. Absolutely. And until you actually try to do that with the lights on and somebody doing play-by-play, it is a very different experience. Because I was able to pull it off a couple times, chilling out in a quiet house, doing it my way. But then I get to hear. <laughs> you were practicing. Of course I practice. And by the way, dude, the sugar shakes that you get are oh, wild. Yeah, that's. The first couple times I did it, you can literally, oh. you can literally, your hands start to shake. Nah, that scares me. From the sugar. So anyway, uh, Cam did not get that done. We'll get that up for you on the YouTube page. Thanks to everybody who subscribed to the YouTube page. We got that up over 1,000 subscribers now. We appreciate you for that, and we'll be putting even more content up on the YouTube page. Both donut and non-donut oriented content will go up there. We will not have all donut content for you. Yeah. Yeah, Cam was, you know, he was in Shipley's, but Shipley's is on point, but each donut is different. Yeah. And everybody, you know, takes each donut differently. I would struggle with Shipley's too. Like, yeah. But I'm thinking about Krispy Kreme. Those are smaller donuts. I think I would scarf those down, but you're talking about the pressure and stuff. Eh, probably get me too. It's weird. It's so weird. And Krispy Kreme, when they're really warm, they do go down pretty easily. I think yeah. I could do okay. I thought I was good with Shipley because I was practicing on Shipley from Maynard. It's even different Shipley to Shipley. Oh, yeah. Because I got here, and they put that big old wide box in front of me, and they opened that up, and all those little (laughs) circles were staring at me, Zay, and it changed. I went, wait, these look a little different than the ones out in Maynard. Was I was I doing the special Mustang edition or something? Oh yeah, and it just it was a different deal. All right, so you can check that out on YouTube. We got a lot to get to today. We're gonna talk some basketball uh, as free agency cranks up, and we're gonna talk some college basketball as well. So we'll hit Texas hoops and one of the Texas teams in the NBA. But Zay, we come back in today with more good news for Texas. Yesterday, if you missed it, Texas had a visitor in town, and the last few times we've said it they end up being longhorns this visitor has a really cool name ethiel horton ethiel horton i-t-h-i-e-l ethiel horton is a well-traveled young man he's now a grad transfer technically from ucf but he's been at Pitt for a couple of years. He was at Delaware before that. Zay, tell the folks about ethiel horton because i'm assuming you have seen him play jersey kid so you know he's gonna be tough you go up playing outside in 15-degree weather. It don't matter if it's <laughs> snowing or not, blizzards. And I, I got to get shots up. I got to work on my, my game. That's the Mecca around that area, New York, Jersey. Take the subway down to one of them parks in New York. That's how they live. You Fro- know? Frozen nets. Frozen nets. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And this dude, pure jumper. Sweet, purified jumper. That's what I keep reading today. Gets it off quick. Don't let that 34% fool you because he was at UCF. You know, they had a guy that went to the league this past year. But other than that, it was tough, you know, tough pickings out there. You know, guys were closing in on him and he had to get his shots off when he could. But he averaged 12 a game. He was solid. And like you said, well-traveled coming from Delaware. Then Pitt got into a little bit of trouble at Pitt. Just a 
little bit, but mm. you know, all that got taken care of. Definitely learned from that. And then he had a solid year at Central Florida. And shout out to Coach Terry on getting the guy that they needed. They've been looking for that three or another ball handler, or definitely a shooter, because they don't have that spot up shooter guy. Getting Ethio Horton is big time to add to this roster, which is becoming pretty deep. I mean, I haven't been here to talk about Chris Johnson, but I like that pickup. The freshman out of Missouri City, Texas, I think he's solid. Kind of like a weird trade with Arterio Morris going to Kansas, and uh, Chris Johnson was a former Kansas commit, mm-hmm. now he's coming to Texas. It's kind of ironic how that worked out, but I like that move. And if you look at Max Smith coming from Oral Roberts and his ability to create off the dribble, which it's going to take some time for him to get used to playing off off the ball because he's never done that in his career. So when you have guys like Ethiel Horton that could shoot the ball and cause a lot of attention along with Tyrese Hunter, who I know is getting better and better every day. I know he's not trying to have that same slump that he did this past season, 2023. You think of Dylan DeSue being healthy, Caden Shedrick coming in from Virginia, Kendall Weaver, you know, these this team is deep. I didn't even mention Dylan Mitchell, which a lot of pressure was put on Dylan Mitchell before this signing of Horton because I was looking at Dylan Mitchell like, bruh, if we don't get that number two or, you know, a three man, then you're going to have to be the three which you're going to have to really work on your ball handling and your outside shooting, which he has, and that's what NBA scouts told him to do when he went to the combine and tried that. He's like, man, your three-point shooting's gotten a lot better, but we need to see more. You don't want to be, you know, putting the pack with a lot of guys that are struggling. You see the summer league right now. Guys are fighting to make it. There's a lot of athletic guys like Dylan Mitchell, which he might have got lost in the pack a la Greg Brown. So him coming back, and not having that pressure anymore to be the three. He could still be a four, even though he's improved. He could still kind of play his role and playing off the ball and playing off a good playmaking for Tyrese Hunter and now Horton and Max Smith and Weaver. Man, that changes a lot for everybody. And again, you could still throw the ball in to Shedrick and he's going to be guarded one-on-one. Dylan DeSue will be guarded one-on-one a lot just because they have shooters now with Horton and Smith. So I love what Coach Terry's doing. This is a big-time get for the Horns. And, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with this team right now. Like, beforehand, I was kind of like, ah, again, a lot of pressure on Dylan Mitchell. We're going to ask for this guy to do a lot coming in in year two with what they had. When you just add Horton with his shooting ability and his ball handling ability, and he's a solid defender. Even though he's 6'3", he's a little stocky. He's a bigger 6'3", than what he looks so again I think this is a big get for Texas and it puts them right where they need to be to compete to get to another elite eight yeah I saw Horton today listed as a 6'5 guard is that fair uh, is, that a little, is that a little generous I, I think that's a little generous little generous okay I take 6'5 I've so, seen my 6'3 6'4 yeah and I, I've talked about this you know I, I like the the guard position in basketball I kind of like the way I like the defensive back position in football Get up over six foot if you can. Get up over six. Get to six two, six three, six four. Give me some big, long armed uh, guys in that in the, that category. I think it's good. Back to Mitchell for a second because I was going to ask you kind of where you went in terms of Dylan Mitchell. Now, does this this enables him to kind of go back, sort of pick up where he left off? He can be the 
catch the alley-oop and dunk guy, but also continue to work on things, but he doesn't have to feel overly pressured to do it? Yeah, I mean, beforehand, I didn't know who you were going to start at that three spot. Were you going to start all small guards with Kendall Weaver and Ace Miss and Hunter, or were you going to throw Dylan Mitchell in there with Sue and Shedrick, and who knows, big. and go big? Yeah. Now you can mix it up depending on who you play. In college basketball, we saw with UConn this last year, you got to be able to win in multiple ways. They had Andre Jackson, who was six six, basically running their point for them. Newton was six foot or six foot six. He was running their point a lot of the time. They had Jordan Hawkins, who got picked in the lottery to New Orleans. Pure shooter, Sonogo. What he did down low, he was flat out unstoppable. So they had so many different ways that you could beat. They could beat you. And now Texas added Horton, a pure shooter that's going to be able to stretch the floor that you can't, you know, help off of at all, which is going to open the lanes for Tyrese Hunter to get to the paint. It's going to open lanes for Kendall Weaver to show his athleticism. Chris Johnson, I'm expecting him to get some clock too. Even though he's a freshman, uh, don't expect no Ryan Bumball type stuff where he gets redshirted. Chris Johnson's a dog, and he going to fight for minutes. So now, you know, Max Acemas is really nice off the off the dribble with his, you know, quick little layups and scoops, lefty-righty without touching the ball with the opposite hand and stuff. Just so skilled, Max Acemas. I can't wait for a Longhorn fans to see him because people are sleeping. He has a lot to prove. People think that, you know, what he did these last three years, averaging 20-something points, just because he was in the summit leads a fluke. It ain't. What this dude did against the Ohio State and those big-time teams they played a couple of years ago where he had Kevin O'Banner, the former Texas Tech player on this team current uh, during that time, and they were making that run in the tournament. He was giving guys buckets. He is capable, and now he has all of these other players who can get their own shot too and get their own buckets also. It's going to open up so much for everybody. You might have a different leading scorer almost every game. Like, I don't know who's going to be the leading scorer this year, and that's some great problems to have if you're Rodney Terry and his coaching staff. So I was listening to a little bit of Light the Towers. I was driving in. They made an interesting point, too, that the, I hadn't thought of this connection, but you know, Frank Haith is now back on this Texas staff. Frank Haith was at Memphis and would have seen a decent amount of Horton with right, Memphis right, 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 right. facing UCF. I hadn't really thought of that, um, so I don't know if that was kind of a part of his decision as, as well. But obviously Horton feeling like he can fit in well, and like you said, Texas getting that one of those last pieces uh, that they wanted to look at. A little later on in the show, in the 2 o'clock hour, we'll get the thoughts of Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com and Draft Punk, his thoughts on this move for Texas. Um, so we will also be talking about some NBA today. Zay, I need you to tell me if my good feeling is justified because when I saw the story that my Dallas Mavericks got Grant Williams from Boston I felt good I felt like it could be a down and dirty hard work x-factor kind of guy that can help out some of the other things the Mavs have am I justified there or am I a little bit off what do you think of the move I think you're justified I think he's a solid player. He's been really good for the Celtics these last few years, and if Joe Mazzulla would have played him in certain games, maybe they would have been in the finals instead of the Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. You remember, he had DMPs for some reason. 
I don't know why yeah. Joe Mazzulla was playing Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon, who's a decent player, but you kept asking. I just yeah. it made no sense. And people were asking, "Oh, Joe Mazzulla, need people need to get him fired." I'm like, "Yo, Joe, you could be making these simple moves. People wouldn't be talking about you like this, but you don't look the brightest when you're playing when you're not playing one of your best defenders. Like mm-hmm. he's a stocky guy who played under Rick Barnes." Like, the dude played under Rick Barnes. He's tough as hell. That's where I kind of fell for him, too. I really like that. I've always liked that kind of Rick Barnes mentality, defensive-minded guys. Watching him at Tennessee was impressive. Then he goes to the Celtics, a team I never root for, but I'm kind of watching him like I watch Jason Tatum. I go, man, I don't like your team, but I like your game. I like the way you play. So I'm kind of excited now he's a math. I've seen him guard Durant well. I've seen him guard a lot of guys well. He didn't guard Jimmy Butler the best. Mm. There are certain guys you just—it's just hard to guard. I don't right. know why. Like even though Kevin Durant is obviously a better player than Jimmy Butler, it's just certain guys that is tougher for you know based on their build. And he has long arms at six six. I was going to say he is six six, right? Yeah, he's six six. He's probably around two thirty five. I sometimes I think he damn near two fifty. Yeah, like, he's a the, thick. Six, he's a six. stocky dude. Yeah, man. he's not a Kobe. 6'6". Six, six. Right, and when somebody goes in the lane and whacks Luka or whacks Kyrie on the ground, you know who's going to get in their face? Grant Williams. Grant Williams, yeah. And he's already kind of got that punched-in face, so he's ready to oh, roll. Yeah, you remember right? he got stepped on his, by Embiid? His face looks like he's already been in a fight. Yo, if I get stepped on by Joel Embiid, I'm out for months. Concussion protocols, like get me the you know the salt thing and put it in front of your face. I might have to do that every morning before I wake up because that's a big dude stomping on your face. Red Williams went back in like the next play he could. They got him all stitched up or whatever, covered the blood and stuff, threw his ass right back in there, and he yeah. was good, ready to guard Joel Embiid again. So yeah, the Mavs they need that type of toughness, and they were trying to get Martise Thibel from Portland, but Portland matched his restricted, mm-hmm. you know, free agency thing. That happened which, about like, a, about an hour before yeah, the show. That became official, been, yeah, that would have been a solid pickup too. But at the end of the day, I like what the Dallas Mavs are doing. Dante Exum, he had a really good season overseas. You know, he was the number fifth pick. And ah, what year was it? Maybe 2014. It's been a minute. But Dante Exum coming out of Australia, he had a ton of upside. And, again, it just doesn't work out for everybody. And he went overseas, did really well, and Mavs picked him up. So that could be a solid backup point guard. We'll see. Dwight Powell, I know some Mavs fans don't like the pickup. I don't know. I mean, if Dwight Powell's coming off the bench, he's solid. When you're starting him, mm, he could get dominated at times just mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, he's one of those centers. He doesn't give you much offensively, and he could get into foul trouble. But that's why he drafted Derek Lively to cover that stuff up, which you talk about old heads coming back down to, you know, the facilities and stuff to give back game. Tyson Chandler has been around summer uh, league practices and stuff, talking to Derek Lively, to talking to all those guys, just helping them out and stuff. Like, you need stuff like that. And, you know, Tyson Chandler, he's one of the most underrated senators to ever play in the game. Like, 2011, he was huge for that championship the Mavs had. So Because he was Dirk's bouncer. Yeah. You need one of those guys. Everybody does. And maybe that's what Grant Williams, that's the first thing I thought of when I heard this deal. Like, oh, Grant Williams can go be the bouncer for Luka and Kyrie. That's why that Bruce Brown thing might be bigger than you think. 
Yeah. You talk about like Bruce Brown getting in your face and do some dirty stuff, man. And you need those type of cats. Like you you think you don't because you got those superstars and Nikola Jokic and the Dirks and stuff. You think, oh, I could just build around them. They're that good. Okay, you'll see. Right. Need <laughs> you'll the, see. Yeah. You need the guys willing to do the ugly stuff. Uh Mavs get Grant Williams, four year, fifty-three million dollar deal, uh, an extension for him. If you missed it, it's a three-team trade ultimately. And the Spurs are involved. Spurs get a swap from the Mavs on a 2030 pick and Reggie Bullock. What do you think about Reggie Bullock in the black and silver? I mean, I mean, he's a solid 3 and D player. You know, he can shoot it. He's tough. You know, he'll get after it. He has his own island in the Bahamas. He's doing well. Mm-hmm. Do we have uh, sort of like when the baseball guys go to the Yankees? Are we going to have certain hair rules when we go to San Antonio? They're a little more low-key on the franchise. Have you seen Tim Duncan lately? Well, that's true. Duncan has let it go. But Duncan's not a current player. I'm I saying know that. Current I player. Know. Are we gonna Still, have to are they gonna have to get Reggie Bullock I, under control I, a little bit? I, you could rock some. I'm sure there was somebody that had a hairdo, right? Reggie's one of my favorites the last few years. He's my favorite hair in the NBA, probably the last five, six years. I love it. His hair's awful. I'm all about the dreads and stuff. It is odd. That launching pad coming off the top of his head a few years ago. Alfred Payton had the same thing, and now I haven't seen him in the league since he got a cut. It is so bizarre. Okay, so also with the NBA, we are going to need to talk. I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud. We're going to need to talk about what happened between Victor Wimbenyama, Britney Spears, and some security folks in Vegas. Is that real? Did that actually happen? Free Britney. Dude, I pulled up a TMZ article, Zay, as I'm trying to learn more about this story. They've got pictures, and it says, moments before contact. And a, an arrow pointing to Victor and Britney. And we've got arrows, and we've got time stamps, and all of this type of stuff. So we'll try to figure out what happened, but apparently somebody in Victor's security detail ended up either meaning to or just inadvertently hit Britney Spears, like slapped her. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this story. Yeah, so we'll get into that as the story, as the show goes on today as well. But we'll also hit some football. Let's talk some college football. Zay found some betting odds on who's making the playoff. It'll shock you to hear the teams that are up at the top. But where do the Longhorns fit into it in terms of the betting folks in Vegas? Plus, Big 12 media days are coming next week. A reminder for this version of the Big 12, we got to consider something that we haven't in years with this conference. We will get into that. Plus, in the crap bag today, I got another crazy stat involving that guy who's playing right now. But I also have a gift for my man, Isaiah Collier, to let him know about his impact. That's coming up on The Horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. I'm in the phone booth, it's a one across the wall. If you don't answer, I'll just bring it off the wall. Chad and Zay. All right, getting started on a Thursday. Don't immediately recognize the voice. Hmm. It's got a little bit of her voice in it, so I'm going to guess Blondie. There we go. Yeah, baby. I think Debbie just had a birthday, too. What a beast. What a monster voice, monster talent. Blondie getting us started today. Let me tell you what. Member of a security team goes after Debbie Harry. He may end up on the ground. Oh, yeah. I'd watch out. Debbie's been around. Not that Brittany hasn't. Debbie's been around a little longer. Yeah. Debbie might be a little more spry on that. Uh, we will talk about that crazy story with Britney Spears and an NBA, well, future NBA legend, Spurs fans. We're going to go there. Yeah, Wimbenyama and Brittany somehow got together in Vegas, and it ends up being a TMZ story. We will get to all of that today. We're talking some football as well. Uh, NBA free agency is still rolling. It's now available. Now it's- it's all on on the board. It's all official. Things can be signed today, like this Mavericks deal we talked about where they get Grant Williams, all the other stuff, Bradley Beal going to Phoenix and all these other things we've been hearing about. It can all happen, Chris Paul to Golden State and all these deals, the, the reworking deals, the free agent stuff, Draymond Green staying in Golden State, Kyrie Irving going back to the Mavs. All those things can be official today, but we still are waiting for James Harden, and we're still waiting for Damian Lillard to find a final resting place for 23-24. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens with Harden and Lillard, but shout out to Bradley Beal. You know, he, in this press conference, this introduction press conference, he said, this is Book City. I really admire that. He's Mm, doing all the right things. Interesting. A lot of guys couldn't do that, Chad. Hmm. A lot of guys couldn't, you know, a lot of guys will say, man, I'm better than this guy. I don't care. It's my team now. I'm the better player. Jones, I think I'm better. We play the better position. Are we play the same position? I take me over him. A lot of guys, you know, couldn't swallow that pride. He came in, talked about KD and Book being two future Hall of Famers, which. KD, yes, but I think he has a little bit more work to now, do. Let's just not throw anybody in. But I, I was going to ask, did he double-check that comment? Did, yeah, he, run, did, I, he, did, I, he, did he run it by Kevin Durant before said, he said it? Well, <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Well, KD, good. You okay. know, K, right. KD, right. KD loves that type of stuff, and it's true. Like, KD, future Hall of Famer, it's easy. Book, on the other hand, 
that just goes saying the right thing. Okay. You know, kind of like how these guys, Brandon Cooks and, you know, all these guys talking about Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, same thing. You got to hype some guys up sure. just to make sure there's peace within the locker room. I feel it. Yeah. So there's a lot going on, obviously, with the NBA. Also, if you're a Spurs fan or you're just interested in Victor Wimbanyama, not the salacious Vegas stuff, but the is he playing in Vegas stuff, that's probably tomorrow night when we may get to see Wimbanyama for the first time. So Yeah, he's get, in Vegas already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your ESPN and ESPN2 ready. I think that's where those are going to be coming up tomorrow. We'll get that double-checked for you by then. Uh, We've also got plenty of football going on, 58 days until Texas and uh, Rice, until Colorado TCU on that September 2nd and some of the other big games. And, uh, Zay, you found a list as people start to get ready for the season. You found a, a betting list for the college football playoffs? Yeah, I did from Bet GM, Bet MGM, excuse me, the mm-hmm. national championship odds. And of course, it's Kirby Smart's Georgia Bulldogs at plus 220. Mm, that does not surprise me. Yeah, okay. I can't surprise you one bit. I think they found their guy that's going to take the place of Stetson Bennett. Let's see if he can live up to that Stetson Bennett hype because, man, even though Stetson Bennett might be a little guy, that's some big shoes to fill. Yeah, no doubt. The question for me is, is Bama in their top four? Yeah. They are? They are. Okay. They're next, plus 600. Wow, look at that. I know. So then they go Michigan, Ohio State? or Flip it. Ohio State, then Michigan. Ohio State, then Michigan. Ohio State, plus 700. Michigan, plus 900. There'll be be nothing that would make everybody excited for an expanded playoff more than that. Two SEC and two Big Ten. Right. If that's the playoff in the final year of the four, that would be wild. Yeah, I wouldn't be about that at all. Coming up next is plus 1,200. LSU Tigers. Uh huh. They'll have something to say about it. Yeah, they'll definitely have something. We should be bad there, Michigan. Yeah, you know they're going to have something to say about it. Uh-huh. Plus 1,400, Southern Cal. Lincoln Riley, them boys. Yeah, no doubt. Heisman Trophy winner coming back. Always yeah, a big deal. Makes sense. Plus 1,800. Clemson Tigers. Mm-hmm. They're just quietly in the ACC. Like that, that's what scares me. Now, the next team might have a little something to do with who wins the ACC championship, and that's tied with Clemson and these championship odds at plus 1,800. That's Florida State. Ooh. But, man, just Florida State, why now? You know, like I yeah, just I know. They're, they're, you know, things on offense, I think, are coming together a little bit for them. I know the quarterback's getting some love, but boy, if I'm Dabo, I'd wonder why I'm dead even with Florida State exactly. right now. When I've got, when I've showed them a little bit of what Clubnick can be, and I've been recruiting like I've been recruiting, and y'all are treating me exactly like you're treating Florida State right now. Like, what have they proven? I'd compared use, to them. Oh, I would use that as chip on the shoulder. Oh, I really for would. Sure. If I'm Dabo, I'm all on my team about look how far down we are. They're not respecting us. They don't think we're. They don't think we are who we are. Let's go show them. I'm very curious to see how K. Clubnick handles this sophomore season because now yep. you don't have that pressure of DJU taking this spot and everybody talking about if you should start or which everybody was on his side. Everybody wanted DJU out. Now he's at Oregon State and see what he could do there. That will also be interesting. But coming into this sophomore year, you see with what you know, Bet MGM is saying about Clemson, like 
can Cade Klubnick live up to what we've seen recent years here in Central Texas, him dominating, winning state championships as a Westlake chaparral? Can he ha- take that leadership on at Clemson and become the man and step up like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence did when they were there? It's mm-hmm. a good point. By the way, unlike previous years, Clemson's got nothing at the beginning that's going to get anybody's attention. They're at Duke. They play Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they're just they could be quietly. Do they play Florida State this year? Are they on the schedule? September 23rd. Beautiful. That's early. The, that's the very next game. The first game they have. Uh, the it's not first game of conference, obviously, because I mentioned they play Duke, but they play them. First game we'll care about. They host Florida State September 23rd. So you could be knocked out the playoff. That quick. That's big. That is big. They also go to Miami a little later on. They go to NC State later on. They play Notre Dame this year. And they uh, host North Carolina November 18th. By the time we get there, that could be a massive football game. Yeah. That could be for everything the ACC wants. That's interesting stuff. All right, so where do the Longhorns fall into this discussion? Are they coming quick? Right behind Florida State. Okay. Okay. Plus 2,200. Plus 2,200. So that would put them at about, what, nine-ish or so, right? Yep, nine-ish. Back at the top ten. Okay. And then Penn State at plus 2,500 to wrap it up. All right, I got you. Uh, That's an interesting spot. And then to just kind of go along with that, I wonder if a lot of Longhorn fans have seen. I did get my Phil Steele magazine late last week. Not only that, Zay, my daughter went and picked it up for me. Oh, that's huge. I didn't even have to go anywhere. That's big. Oh, man. So I got it. Oh, fresh wow. Phil Steel pages, ladies and gentlemen. It's I'm so excited. I'm comfortable with that sniff, but so, I feel you. Man. Oh, I've been sniffing the Phil Steel for a long time now. I've been addicted for a while. But one of the things that jumped out to me, his preseason, I'm not a big fan of people making ties in, in like a preseason list or even a current list, but he did that. Phil Steele's got a top 10. And then he's got Texas and Texas A&M tied at 11. Ah. So in my mind, that means Phil Steele thinks the Longhorns and the Aggies are basically the same team in 2023. And I would love to hear from both fan bases on if you agree with that. Because I got a feeling each of the fan bases will take that as an insult. Yeah, yeah. I mean... At the end of the day, with Steve Sarkeesian's track record, you know, it makes sense for a lot of people not to believe in him. I mean, last year, you had a really talented roster, the best running back in the nation, and, you know, you went 8-5. and five. And, yes, that might be good for some teams, but down here in Austin, Texas, no, it's not. So, we know all the talent that Jimbo has down there in College Station, even though all those freshmen got in trouble last year, now they're a year older. A lot of them came back. Right. Evan Stewart's back. Like, Yeah, that's and, a, and it's a good point to bring up. A lot of those guys in that 22 class, there was this discussion about, man, everybody's going to leave. It didn't happen, though. It didn't happen. Somehow he held on. Was, he, the, remember Evan Stewart? That was the discussion. Yes, Longhorn we were fans were looking at him. him. All these other schools are like, you know, Evan, have you, think, have you seen how the weather is over here? Yeah, Jonte Cook talking crazy to him. But it didn't happen. That, that did not happen. So I think that's a weird perception with both teams. Like, if you believe that Texas, you know, if they end up as the same type of team, are you saying that because you believe Texas is going to be further down than a lot of people think? Or it's that the Aggies are going to be further up than a lot of people think? I'm wondering where Phil is making it. It sounds like Phil's making the argument for maybe a little of both. That maybe the Longhorns would be slightly worse than people might think, and A&M's going to be a little bit better. 
Yeah. And he's trying to meet in the middle, I think is what it feels like, by putting him at 11. Yeah, we need to pull up and up schedule. I can't think of it off the dome, but it might be that too because Texas' schedule is a lot tougher than you think. I mean, I know everybody's looking mm-hmm. forward to the SEC schedule 2024. This year, you still got to go to Waco. You still got to play uh, the guy who's – picked to be the player of the year offensively, Jalen Daniels in Kansas, which they want some revenge on the way you beat the brakes off out of them uh, in Lawrence last season. Obviously, the Cotton Bowl, they're going to want revenge. 49-0, got to play in Houston, which I think that's going to be rowdy just from thinking back in the day in the 90s when you used to play U of H. Kansas State's going to be good. Still got to go to Fort Worth, and you got Tech the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. And you got to go to Ames, which we know how tough yeah. that could be. That's, you're so, right. I mean – we're going to be talking to folks next week, and I think the feeling in the room is going to be, hey, yo, Texas, we all going to come to get you because y'all got a bullseye on your back since you're leaving, and this might be the last time a lot of these teams ever play you. So we know the hatred for Texas, and I think they're going to get everybody's best game. They already do, and it's going to mm-hmm. be – the ante's going to be up even more. So, yeah, I, I could see that. Phil Steele, I, I can't knock that at all. Yeah, so then uh, as far as a and schedule, we've talked about it. They're at Miami on September 9th. That could be interesting early on. They play Auburn, Bama, South Carolina, and Mississippi State at home. And they go to Jerry World to play Arkansas. They go to Tennessee. They go to Ole Miss. And they go to LSU. Yeah, stick to Aggie schedule's got some thickness to it as well. Yeah, it is thick as well. So kind of depends on where you think. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of – I'm not sure where where my number would be in terms of a ranking, but I'm kind of in Phil's argument right now. Because right now, if you made me pick, I think I would put them both at about 9-3. and For whatever that means. And I think that could mean Texas plays for a conference championship. They wouldn't put the Aggies in that spot at 9-3. and but I think that's where they. I think they could both be around there. Yeah, I because I, I, I think, could see them going nine and three. But I got Texas winning ten games this year. Okay, I don't know how you got to squeak out some tough ones. You can't be losing to Baylor. You can't be losing to Iowa State either. You got to win those road games. Yeah, in my mind right now, there's like one game for Texas that's going to be a slip to a third loss, and there'll be one game for A and M that gets them to that ninth win that people aren't thinking of right now. But when they see it all play out and realize, oh wait, that is a pretty talented team that had a down year. So I've got them both at, at nine. So I kind of get, I'm with you. I get what Phil's doing there, uh, and just outside of the top ten, it might be the right spot. And coaching's just so big in college football. I mean, look at Sark's track record. I know I keep talking about it, but you have to talk about it. From Washington to Southern Cal, yes, he had his off the field issues, which definitely have to be accounted for. But still, to five and seven. Then eight and five with the roster you had last year. Yes, you improved, and hopefully you keep on improving. But man, it's it's hard to believe in that, and I do because I've seen the change around here personally, and the people that we talk to and have on every single week. But the outside world, why would they? You know what I'm saying? Like he had talent mm-hmm. at Southern Cal. It's SC. He had talent at U Dub. I mean, you know, so it's. Some people, it's going to be, hey, prove it. Right. Prove it. Absolutely. No, Point that, blank. That's all you could do is prove it. It's going to be a huge part of it. What you got this year, hey, you better prove it. 
Somebody says 10th or 11th feels like Texas meeting expectations and A&M significantly overachieving. Then here's a text that's kind of not real, but it's kind of real. I wonder what the under-over will be for the number of penalties called against Texas and Oklahoma in this final season in the Big 12. That's part of it, too. Zay, Zay, we have said it, and I will continue to say it. One-score games are so big on lots of levels because Sark's got to get rid of that record of his, but also don't go getting in one-score games. Sooners, Longhorns, don't do it this year. Don't you dare do it because those Big 12 officials, something will take over, and you'll get screwed on a game if you let it happen. Yeah, I mean, we love talking about the Oklahoma State game this past year and Quinn Ewers' 30 incompletions. Well, it was 19 for 49, just a brutal game from him, and everybody thought he should be benched, but Sark rolled it out. But we forget about those, what, 15 to 0 penalties? Total. Oklahoma State had zero penalties. Yeah, they game. did. None. Zero. No. Donuts. Zero. Cam Parker. Running, donuts. Running a Mike Gundy led offense. Not one administrative penalty the whole game. Like, it was happening in 2022 so 2023 what is that gonna be like you know what i'm talking about like mike gundy would have punched you in the face if you told him that at kickoff i'm just you're gonna have no penalty shut up get away from me yeah <laughs> come on like leave me alone like what you talking to me like that for that don't make no sense that's not accurate it makes it just don't make no sense and it happened it did like it so, absolutely it's, did it's just i whew, hey yeah. hopefully it doesn't happen this year all you can do is Hey, hopefully the talent is just so much that the refs, hey, y'all ain't even a factor. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the coaching, the talent. That's why everything has to be on point. All right, so I'll carry this stat over for the Big 12. There's one thing to think of in the Big 12. Maybe you haven't thought about it yet. We'll get you thinking about it next for the Big 12 this football season. Also, a crazy stat from one of the Jokers and Isaiah's gift. I have an audio gift for Isaiah coming up make sure you're here so we can give Isaiah, so I can give Isaiah a little appreciation on the horn. Chad and Zay. Wow. I'm going back a ways here. Well, I know a little spot at the end of town where you can really pick them up and settle down. It definitely has an Elvis vibe, but I don't think that's Elvis. Nah. This is like somebody wait. This is about somebody later kind of trying to mess around with a uh, Elvisy sound. I don't know. Who is it? Rock Billy Boogie by Robert Gordon. Robert Gordon. Don't know that artist, but uh, it is a nice old feeling song, though. You got a year on that? Oh! This feels this like. This is from my 70s. Okay. Robert Gordon. Stash. In the 70s, reaching back. Reaching back into the 50s and 60s. Robert Gordon and Blondie getting us started today. Thanks to Zay for that. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Somebody texted. This may be the most truthful text we get all day. Fact is, both, all capital. Both schools are in prove-it years. Texas, Texas A&M. You're absolutely right, especially when you consider that Texas is about to head to the SEC and that game will will fire back up as well. We were just talking about the fact that Phil Steele 
has Texas and Texas A&M essentially tied in his preseason rankings at number 11. Zay brought up the fact that if you go to the back end of the top 10 when it comes to the betting folks there at BetMGM, they've got the Longhorns sitting right about that 9 spot uh, after all the uh, the big dogs up top. They've got Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and Michigan. Now, keep in mind, that's in terms of betting. So that is also about getting people to yeah, bet the money. Yeah, yeah. That's a key element as well. All right, so coming up at 1 here, we'll get uh, back into some NBA discussion. This in-season tournament, I want to find out if Zay likes this idea. Oh, it's happening, and it's happening this December. Plus, his thoughts on James Harden, Damian Lillard, where they could end up, what what places does he feel make the best fits for those guys. Right now, though, let's get into the crab bag here. we got some stats, and I've got a gift for Zay. Here we go. Chad's Crab Bag. Crab Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. We'll get these stats out of the way first. Uh, First off, just remember, Big 12 football fans, this hit me as I'm going through the Phil Steele magazine. I'm starting to chart things out and highlight stuff and figure out different things. I realized, wait a minute, for the first time in forever, there are Big 12 teams not playing other Big 12 teams. So remember, the way the math works, 14 teams, you're obviously one of those teams, and you play nine. So that takes 10 teams out. That means everybody doesn't play four teams this year. Just keep that in mind as we get ready for the Big 12 season. Uh, example, Texas does not play Oklahoma State, UCF, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. So every team has that group of four. Interestingly enough, Mike Gundy this year does not play anybody in the state of Texas except Houston. No Texas, no Texas Tech, no Baylor, no TCU. That's a big, that's a couple big ones to avoid for Mike Gundy. So as you're looking up your Big 12 schedules, consider that. We used to have to do that on all, we still do it on the other Power Fives, Big 10 and SEC and ACC. Who do you avoid? But now that is also there in the Big 12. Also, in, the ter- in terms of stats, you know, uh, if you follow tennis, you know Wimbledon's going on right now. And that other joker, there's two of them now in sports. There's the basketball joker and the tennis joker. And Djokovic is chasing some massive numbers in this one. First off, he won his first round match, which was his 66th in a row. 66 opening round matches in Grand Slams. Just do that math. 15 years of that gets you to 60 you got to win the first match every time. Silly. He just passed Roger Federer on that list. Plus, if he wins Wimbledon, it'll be his eighth Wimbledon. That'll tie Federer for the all-time record on the men's side. If he wins this, he'll have 24 total, which will match Margaret Court. Plus, he did it in the open era, and it's harder for the men to do it. So that'll be a crazy number if he gets to 24. And if he gets the Wimbledon, and then goes on to win the U.S. Open. It is the calendar Grand Slam, something Federer never did, something Nadal never did. So all those Djokovic fans are going to have a big-time argument. So just keep all that in mind. All right, so also in the crap bag today, I decided to give Zay a gift. Zay, are you ready? Are we fired up and ready to roll? Yeah, man. I'm eager to see what's going on here. This is your gift uh, it, it happened last week. I just want you to understand how appreciated you are and the impact that you have had. And I'm hoping there will be a little ma- a little bit of pride as you listen to this. Zay, this happened last week on the show. Hit it. They see me rolling. They hate it. But 
patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. 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 All right. Trying to catch me riding Rolling through a Wednesday. This is a big test of my Isaiah Collier education. This is a song that I thought of when Zay told me that I was going to be listening to UGK's album called Riding Dirty. So it's very different than that, yes, though. It's yes. different. They have a song called Riding Dirty. That's not what this is. This is Riding Dirty, or a song that mentions Riding Dirty. What's it, act, what's, what's it actually Just called? Ride it. Just, Just ride it. it. Just ride it. Just ride it. Why is the word... Chameleonaire in my head because Whoa! you got it correct. Yeah! Where is Isaiah? That's Call big time. <laughs> Professor Collier. Well done. Someone call the front desk of his hotel in Cancun. <laughs> Let on. them know. How about that? How about that? Oh, wow. That's my welcome back gift to you. That's beautiful. Your teachings have taken hold, and I do hear some things that you say. And I did remember that one, and I pulled that one right out of my ass. That's love. How That's about love. that? How about that? That's love. I'm not going to lie. Literally, a few days before I left, we played some chameleon there. I think you're probably right. So, I, you know, the voice is very unique, and, it's, you know, you can point them out, but still solid i need to, I, I appreciate that i can still get a little credit right you, you deserve okay. the credit right. okay yeah right. that's his biggest song yeah i, I feel you yes just well want, done i want to thank you for that because without you there's no way i could have gone through that journey <laughs> of ugk no 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 it's something different and i think i know yes and then got that so there you go there's my gift to isaiah yeah. making sure he understands the musical education that i'm getting on the show it's, right. it's some of it some of it's actually sticking now let me throw some at you okay. as a present okay i just found out talking to the og father-in-law kevin mm-hmm. Cromack, my guy yes he put me on game because we were watching wimbledon on sun or tuesday yeah during fourth of july i never knew back in the gap former wimbledon winners they would just get bumped up to first place, like playing the championship game only, like every year. They mm-hmm. wouldn't have to go through the gun. I yeah, can no you be- can you believe that? That's a joke. Yeah, so there's a guy way back in the day that won. It's like late 1890s. I think he won five or six or seven in a <laughs> row. But yeah, when you won it, they brought you back the next year, and you just hung out while everybody else played, and then they brought you out for one match. And it's like, wait, huh? What? Yeah, the dude you're playing against been slaving all week and stuff. And think yeah. about the environment. It's the 1800s, so we ain't in the best shape. Right, exactly. Like, so, you know, we ain't putting the best stuff in our bodies. So my man just waiting around, smoking cigarettes, drinking, moonshine, having a great time. And then, oh, guess I'm in the championship again. Lock in. Yeah. Rested. Once, once you get into, like, I think that was all done, though. Once you get into, like, the open era is late 60s. But that was the difference between amateur and pro and all that. But I think once you get to like, I, for sure, I think once you get to the 30s and 40s, I think that's all done. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they were, it's not like McEnroe they, they and those guys. It out. Right. Like, I don't want anybody thinking that, you know, McEnroe and Sampras were going through that stuff. Like, it was well yeah, done yeah. by then. But yes, old school stuff, that's what they used to oh, do. Oh, when he told me that, I was bedazzled. I was rattled. I was like, ain't no way they did that. That I, is so weak. Here's a, let me give you another dumb thing they used to do in tennis that finally they stopped. Back in the day, there was a point, and I think they did this all the way up through maybe 50s or 60s. There was a point where if you and I are playing, we're at the Wimbledon 
final, let's say, right? And we're in the fifth set. And it's like five all in the fifth. And the rain comes. When we come back, we start to set over. What? Yeah. They didn't used to start it right where they stopped. They would lit. You could get all. You could be like the end of a tiebreaker or whatever. It could be six all. It could be nine all in the tiebreaker. And as soon as the rain would come and you'd stop it, or darkness would come, the next time you resume the match, we go to the beginning of the set that wasn't completed. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's what they used to do in tennis too. Cra- oh man, crazy stuff. Well, I'm gl- sport. I am glad your father-in-law is getting you all educated on tennis. Oh yeah, that's good. It was great bonding watching that with him. Yeah, that's a way to do it. Yeah. Nice, slow sport. You know, it's quiet. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, he was putting me on game and stuff. I was like, man. He was like, make sure you tell Chad. I was like, I got you, Kev. There you go. There you go. Uh, shout, out to, uh, shout out to Kevin and all those tennis fans checking out Wimbledon right now. All right, coming up, let's talk some NBA. Harden, Lillard, where could they end up? What does Zay want to see with those two guys? Plus this in-season tournament. It is going to happen in December. We'll try to explain it to you next on The Horn.